0: Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. And today we are joined by Angela York, the MD and founder of Sky Parlor Sky is an international PR and communications company, helping senior business people ensure they are adding value to their customer authentically. She works closely with many of the fintechs we know and love, and she makes change happen for inclusion within our industry. Today I'll be learning about the power of marketing and how Angela has chaired advisory boards to answer the problem of diversity within the workplace through her work with Fintech Connect, the EWPN, and the Inclusion Foundation. So I'm over the moon to welcome Angela. Angela, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Nadia, that was lovely. Thanks for the great introduction. So I'm super excited for you to give us some detail to, to what I've just introduced. So tell us a bit about Parlor and who you work with in fintech. Well, firstly, I'd like to say that I also have a co-founder. So I've got, I'm a
1: joint MD, which is absolutely brilliant because my business partner and I were both women. And we started the company up now about 11 years ago. We saw the demand for a specialist strategy uh, and PR consultancy to help businesses really amplify their value propositions and talk about as well, get involved in the debate around the fintech industry. I myself had been a marketing director for a good couple of years and realized that the agencies that I were working with just did not serve my interest. They didn't understand this sector, this wonderful sector that we're in. It's so complex. But if you understand it, you can put it simply. And I always say that if you know if you can explain something to someone in your family that's not from the sector uh, in a simple but effective way, then you've started to crack how to communicate about fintech. So our company now is the original FinTech, the very first fintech PR agency in the world. And we have clients on all four corners of the globe. And, uh, you know, they include companies such as Adyen, Paysafe, Worldline, Count, an ex client of ours. We've worked with Jumio, EmailAge and Modular, currently working with GPS. We've helped companies and firms get noticed for funding, for, for acquisitions and IPOs and mergers. We've also helped companies you know, that perhaps where messaging was an issue, we've made them exciting, we've got them noticed. And we also write really, you know, really good deep dive reports and white papers and research, which we then use for PR too. And we train our CEOs, do a lot of executive profiling of quite a few really famous women in this sector as well. And, you know, we've seen profiles be catapulted by the work that we've done with Many are a wonderful female CEO as well as a male CEOs too
0: it 's wonderful to hear all those different names like it 's awe inspiring that you were the first to do what you do and that you 've affected so many different companies and people so positively. I wonder if you could take us back a little bit and just tell us a bit more about you and, and your journey to what actually got you here and doing this because so many people that listen they love to hear how that was built you know
1: early on in my career I always knew that I wanted to be in marketing I had a love from a very early age in you know marketing anything and at school I'd be involved in projects where we'd promote all sorts of things from newsletters to plays and things like that but I also always had this and uh, to, to be an activist, I've always been interested in politics, in my blood, in my family, and also social issues too. What I sort of have loved about this journey in fintech is that fintech is, to me, it's like a utility and it really can change people's lives. And especially with with what's going on at the minute in in fintech, the disruption, the digital disruption. A MasterCard was saying on a podcast the other day that I was hosting that within eight weeks at the beginning of COVID, five years worth of e-commerce progression took place because of the digitization of life at that point, you know, at that milestone. So I've been able to marry my love for social issues and also my love for business into this career that I've had. I love the sector, and I would say anybody that's looking to get into fintech, you know, you have a marriage of technology, B2B to C clients and customers and partnerships and networks. And also on top of that, you see how you know, what a difference technology can make to our worlds. So I would encourage more and more people to join this sector, worth £7 billion to the UK economy, let alone the world's economy uh, as well. Every country in the world is now focused in on fintech. And we in the UK and in Europe as well, we lead the way with some fantastic companies that have incubated and become unicorns starting in the UK.
0: It's so wonderful to hear how you describe that, the marriage of your passions and no wonder you've achieved so much within your role and I think it's it's really important just to tell people a little bit more about the importance of what marketing is and actually the power that it has because these fintechs have wonderful missions and purpose some of them are really you know as you've just said achieving unicorn status which is wonderful but there's a hell of a lot that you do to support them within that so it'd be great to hear a bit more about that from the marketing front.
1: Yes, thank you. I really do feel that marketing, you know, is key. And it's often the meaningful difference between you you can have an amazing product, an amazing idea. But if nobody knows about it, then unfortunately, another company can come along and with something maybe not even as good. But because they understand how important marketing is they could be the company that gets the 100 million in funding they could be the company that goes on an ipos or they could be the company that everybody's talking about so i I want to say to any new fit startup and certainly scale up as well that every pound that you spend on pr as bill gates always said is money well spent and he in fact bill gates said he would spent his last dollar on pr that's how much it mattered to his business And I'm sure if you you speak to many of those large billionaires, the big techs, they really put a lot of onus onto their public profile. So I recognized early on, you know, with the companies that I worked with that took it seriously and I could see that they were heading for greatness. And, you know, I noticed also early on that working with a CEO that understood marketing as well was such an asset to any business. And I'm on a mission now to see more marketing people, chief marketing officers, but I want to see more marketing represented on boards because I don't think there's enough marketing people represented on boards at all. And I think some of the reason for that is, is it's often seen as, like HR, it's often seen as that sort of female role. And often women don't necessarily always push themselves to those kinds of board roles. But yet to me, the pivotal point when a business really starts to make money or where it matters. So that's why to me, you know, marketing should be front and center and at the heart of every business. And at Sky Parlour, as I say, we build reputations for business leaders, but we also build brands. And Count for, is a great example. Count's a business that ended up having a huge amount of funding from CVC Capital Partners. It was an undisclosed sum, but I do know what it was, but it was you know, a lot of money. They've now gone on to be sold for an absolute fortune. EmailAge, another business that invested with us in PR, they're now owned by Lexus Nexus. Ethica is a current client of ours, a fraud prevention business that really, really understood the powerhouse of winning awards. We won a mantelpiece full of awards for them, working closely with them. And they're now owned by MasterCard. You'll know of others. Jumio just use my ID online. And I see some of these of the newer players that we're working with now you know I can see like GPS I could see GPS going on to absolute catapult to great things you know I know I've no information about what's happening there but you can just see that sort of throwing the stone in the river and the effects of the ripple Starting to happen for a number of clients of ours. Stay ons another one as well. They're, they're a younger company, fraud prevention business, but really great things are starting to happen there as well. And that's all from starting to invest in getting articles out about the industry, talking about how technology is moving on, talking about how we're solving problems in a, in a different way uh, in the sector, and getting heavily involved as well, front and centre with many organisations in the sector. Like I'm on the advisory board of the EPA, have been now for three years. And the, the amount of amazing projects that come out of the EPA and some of the policy PR we Done. A fantastic piece of PR as a result of uh, the FCA suspending Wirecard last year, which got noticed globally and had a real impact in terms of lifting that suspension as well. And that's when you see PR and marketing making a huge impact in the
0: sector. It is wonderful to just hear the pace and the excitement of which you describe all of this. Like you've just shared with us so many different examples of who you've affected so positively and I really felt that pace like I felt the whole thing building up as you were explaining it to me and I know that the audience will feel it too and I'm quite a visual person and I love the thought of that dropping that stone in in the lake and that ripple effect that sort of building and growing and the momentum that things are gaining. So it's been brilliant to hear so many examples of how you've helped the fintech community. I believe that there's going to be a recognition of you as well so can you tell us about that? Yeah, thank you. So yes, I'm kind of over 50 now. You stop
1: talking about your age when you you get past a certain age. And I want to sort of urge more women now to, of my age as well, to think about how they can be recognised for probably long and very impactful careers, both in fintech and other sectors too. So I decided I was put somebody else forward for the power list, for the Innovate Finance power list. And there was 900 applications, of which 150 people put on that list. And I'm really sort of quite humbled to be put on that standout 35 list, so the, the top 35. And I guess when I started writing the submission, I think like anybody, you start to write down a lot of the things that you may have impacted or been involved with. It's then when you start to sort of see the little part that you've played. So, you know, I urge everybody to really think about if you look back on your career or even if it's a young career, it it doesn't matter because you can make an impact in a short period of time. But, you know, it's there. These things are there so that other people can think, well, if Angela can get on the Standout 35, I'd like to think maybe I could as well, so I'll apply. You should apply, Nadia, for it, because you're doing a great deal for our sector, bringing in people, great individuals with huge talent and skills, which is something that is very much in the middle of the Kaliva report at the minute, that they were just discussing the importance of the talent and skills in this sector. And you're front and centre involved in getting amazing people into our great sector, it shouldn't be underestimated how important that is So the peripheral services that sit around FinTech, the strong powerhouse of PR and marketing consultants, of which I know many brilliant ones. The really great search agencies that are out there, not just taking people from one company to another, but bringing young and new and fresh people into the sector as well and looking at that matchmaking you know who works well in other sectors who translates well into fintech and I'm sure there's lots of types of people that do as well so I urge you to perhaps enter next
0: year Nadia. Well I'm so so pleased that you've shared that with us and massive congratulations because I've spoken to a number of Women who've been on that 35 standout within the Innovate Finances power list. I'm so, so pleased that you are receiving the kudos that you so deserve. Just listening to this first part of the podcast, look how much of the fintech industry that you are impacting day in, day out. That word impact, we've used that a number of times with you because you are talking about getting people to understand exactly what it is, the mission, the purpose the value proposition of each of these businesses are. And and you said it perfectly. There are some amazing businesses out there that don't market themselves properly, so people don't know what they're doing. Whereas you're really opening people's eyes to the potential and the power of these companies. And it's amazing to hear And I know you do so much work for inclusion as well and no doubt that's been taken into consideration to have you on this top 35 standout this year. So could you tell us a bit about that side of things in terms of the inclusion work that you do? Yes, so
1: I have worked and I still do work with Neil Harris. He's the chair and the founder of the Inclusion Foundation. He's the most passionate person I know about this topic. And so much so that much of what he does, I don't think people realise, the weekends in the soup kitchens, and he doesn't just talk a good talk about it, he really walks the walk. And working with, as well, the Emerging Payments Association and with the great Anne lucalon who did and done so much for the Inclusion Foundation, Set up an organization which is a community interest company that is looking at ways to get the fintech agenda, how fintech innovation can solve the inclusion, of which Nadia, there's billions of people worldwide. You know, there's over 13 million people in the UK that are financially excluded from banking. Then there's people that are underserved, which is a a huge number of people that, you know, are not served right by their banks. And the reason being is is because we didn't have a lot of choice because there was a certain number of banks out there. And one of the great things about open banking and about PSD two is that opening up of the sector. So all of a sudden we're seeing much more competition coming into the sector. And many companies, like there's a fantastic company called Algebra, but many others as well, that looking at banking for all and democratisation of banking, And one of the things that the EPA has just done and also the Inclusion Foundation is they've just released a report all around affordable credit. Because one of the, the big problems with COVID is many people were put on furlough. People in certain sectors, you know, the lower paid sectors like hospitality lost their jobs. Many of those women as well losing their jobs. And, you know, with that, you know, how do you then borrow for some things are necessities these aren't for the extras these aren't for the nice to haves, so like a new sofa these are just to get by and this report covers many of the the companies out there and innovations out there that are actually helping people borrow in, in a very affordable and a bite size way where people can pay back so it's giving people a hand up rather than a hand out so they can manage their finances with longevity. Last year, we launched the Inclusion Foundation and we came up with the hashtag Financial Inclusion Matters. During that period, we got a lot of publicity for the launch, including being in the Nationals and Neil was interviewed on Sky News as well. That will continue and is continuing to happen, that publicity, and we really want to get to the people of influence and we are getting to the people of influence to keep the agenda of financial inclusion front of mind and also making sure that when new fintechs are creating products that they're thinking about everybody they're not just thinking about certain segments of the population but you know they're thinking about those that at the minute could be included that's why it's a fintech initiative because fintech has some of the answers to the problems out there but often the charities or the people that need those products don't know where to go to find them. So the Inclusion Foundation very much is an awareness company and charity to make sure people are aware to signpost them to the right types of products for them and it works very much with government, works with uh, lobbying groups, it works with charities and other companies that have affordable credit options as well, to sort of join the dots amongst all the groups and
0: galvanise that awareness. I think it is absolutely no wonder that you are part of Innovate Finance's 35 standout, having heard that, plus everything else that you are doing What I love about this is that anytime I do one of these podcasts, I always introduce it as we're here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk. So I really love it when people are action orientated, they're busy, they're busy making change happen. They're not sitting here talking and philosophizing about it or thinking how we can change people's mindsets. Instead, it's just action, action, action. And that has been just so powerful to hear everything that you're busy with at the moment and have been for a long time to ensure that change happens. It's really inspiring. And it takes me on to my last question, which is around your thoughts on the fintech marketplace and what all of us should be doing more of for workplace inclusion a big question and a very, very important one. And I've always
1: wondered, we don't do it at Sky Parlour, but perhaps taking gender off the CVs is a good thing to do. Some people just naturally have that ability to be able to push themselves forward or have leadership qualities. It could be because of the fact that they went to a good school that taught those skills, or it could be that they have parents. So they have that added advantage. And I think, you know that the workplace has a responsibility to provide opportunity for everybody and allow people that perhaps don't realise to unlock potentials. They don't realise that they have the potential perhaps to lead or to you know manage a team or whatever. That everybody's given that fair chance to unlock their full potential. And getting people from different backgrounds to work together more and to listen and understand one another more. And for people as well, like we, t- we talk, it's you know International Women's Day today, and it's all about challenging, isn't it? I think people should challenge one another if they see behaviour that they are not happy about, even if it's a friendly challenge, because Sometimes you get a lot of unintended consequences within businesses where people don't realise that perhaps they've said something that is exclusive and it cuts other people out. And I think it's up to us all to sort of put a full stop to that and to to challenge others. And, you know, we might not be popular for it always, but we also have a duty for the people that come after us and also uh, have come before us that maybe didn't have that opportunity. Maybe their voice was silent. And you know, I I see some amazing things like James Allen, who's now at HSBC very high up, but was at Barclays. He spoke and did so many different initiatives at Barclays for the LGBTQ community and also for equality. Having whole conferences, internal conferences, bringing people together and workshopping on certain issues and how to handle certain issues or how to promote from diverse walks of life. It's very inspiring to get people like that to come and talk about the possibilities and and some of the I guess the glass ceilings that he was able to break through and he's helped others within his business break through and also working with organizations such as the European Women Payments Network EWPN and Martha and uh, Regina and Naja and Andrew and people like that that really fly the flag bringing awareness posting on social media about what they're seeing and how things should change and it's starting to become mainstream because people have been brave and they've helped others but they've also been brave with the issues they've not been frightened to say the obvious say the elephant in the room about what's happening more and more of us now are feeling like we can be brave too and and we have to listen more Listening's the the key isn't it to creating change you know, we may not always agree, but we might get to a better understanding if we keep listening. Denise G. and her team at Findexable, Simon as well at Findexable, have started a diversity radar in which Chargebacks 911, Monica Eaton Cardone and Joanne Dewar from Global Processing Services, GPS, have both got behind as well. Honestly, that the people from such important walks of life when it comes to diversity that are involved in this initiative and they've started this diversity radar and many countries are so bad at putting women on their boards i mean in the uk we we have only 17 percent of boards are, are made up of women in south korea it's two percent in norway it's the best in in the world at 39 percent they're doing really really well in the in the nordic countries but this radar is actually measuring how many female founders we have in fintech globally. So once we can put a stake in the ground and say this is at the minute the number of female founders there are or female CEOs there are or female board members there are, we can actually then deal with where we are when we know the true stats. So it's it's such an empirical statistical and smart way of making change in the future so I really would love your listeners to know about that and if anybody any company wants to support the diversity radar to get in contact with myself in the first place and I can put you in touch with the team there um, because they're always looking for more people to support it and get behind it
0: and know about it as well. Yeah and I think that Everything that you've said there is such tangible action that we can all take away from calling out when we see or hear bias to being braver so that things become more mainstream. But we can't leave it to others to fix. We all have to fix this. And I think it's great that you've spoken about things like challenge one another. And that doesn't have to be aggressive. It can actually be a nice conversation when you call somebody out on something. It doesn't need to be that it's negative. And I loved how you said giving people a hand up not a handout and that's a brilliant way of putting it. So I've absolutely loved speaking with you today, understanding more about Sky Parlour. Massive congrats about your accolade with Innovate Finance and being a standout 35 woman of fintech. I've loved having you on today's podcast and thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge, all your thoughts and all your actions. <laughs>